know, and I put this out there, and sure enough, it got into a show. It was, in the, it was at the Art by the Bay, and people were loving it. So I brought it to the Communal Arts Association opening meeting, first time there, and John was there, and he go, it comes up to me and says, we need to go out to lunch and talk about your work, how we can help you market it. And I went, okay. And so ever since then, I've been listening to what the guy is saying. He's phenomenal. He gives me good pointers to help me grow within the art community up here because I'm being honest with you, new to the area, I don't know who's who. I yeah. came from actually from Grants Pass in the Salem, Oregon area, yeah. and the art community is different down there, and I knew who to talk to. Hey, yeah, learners, and welcome to episode 183 of the Commando Voice. Today I speak with the featured artist of the month for July of 2023. Please welcome Richard Reed. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice Podcast, where I interview local business owners, comedians, singers, and more. I dive into their backstory to find out how they got where they are, what are some of the tips for you to do the same, and find out where they're going. Tune in every week as I interview more of the people you see every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday, or at least most Tuesdays, and that's one of the things we need to talk about this week. Um, but first, hope you guys had a nice Father's Day. That was on last Sunday. Uh, we were exhausted because it was post-wedding day for us, not our wedding, obviously, uh, but we had a friend's wedding we went to. Great wedding, had a great time, um, but man, we were exhausted. There was a like final dance party thing at the end of the wedding and uh, went all out. Um, hopefully none of those videos, uh, you know, surface online. So should be fine. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. So Father's Day. Oh, last week. Kind of fun. Um, got to do a talk um, to a local place, uh, Warren Beach, just at their senior center over there, or community center, whatever it's called. Um, you know, a few people there. Uh, and uh, it was fun, though. Uh, it's always fun to kind of review the the history of the commons and, and all of that. Maybe someday I'll do an episode here um, where we talk about that because that was um, it's kind of fun kind of hear about all that background and all of that. So um, yeah, but I don't do many speeches. You know, obviously I do the podcast here, but um, it's always fun to try something new and do a step out of your comfort zone a little bit. So um, hopefully that encourages you guys to try something new too. Okay. Um, before we jump into this episode, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, as I mentioned in that little part of the intro, it's almost every Tuesday. Um, but this Tuesday, um, not this as in today, obviously, but next Tuesday um, and the following Tuesday, I will not have episodes out, at least to my knowledge currently. Um, reason being, uh, I am going camping next week, so I will be out of the office. And uh, my podcast interview for this week did not come to fruition. So um, no episode for the next couple weeks, uh, possibly third one, just depending on how, how quickly I can get back in the saddle and get somebody scheduled and all that stuff. So um, working on it. Um, but summer is a little spotty at times. So uh, if I'm a little inconsistent over summer, please forgive me. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyways, um, but that is not today. Today we have Richard Reed, who is, as I mentioned, the featured artist of the month for the month of July. Uh, that means he is here through the third week in July of 2023. So if you are around, please stop by and check out his artwork. Um, he does an excellent job. He has been, um, the stuff I've seen from him that we, we actually talk about one of his paintings. We talked about a lot of his paintings, but one today we talk about, it's his whale painting that he does. 
um, that he did. And um, it's such a cool painting. Um, and uh, yeah, so I had a great conversation with him. Um, he's really, he moved up here and started getting involved in the art community. And, you know, growing up in a small town in the art community, he's like, I knew who to talk to and who's who and all that stuff. Uh, moving here is like, I didn't know any of that. And very early on, uh, met John Ebner, who many of you know uh, is one of our most famous artists on Kameno. Um, such a, a long career as an artist, um, so well known, um, not just on Kameno, but uh, nationally and, and around. And, um, just such a, yeah, anyways, inspiring artist, but still so down to earth and so helpful and loves the arts. Um, that has continually come out. And he's just, um, the fact that he recognized Richard uh, and wanted to help him in his artwork is just such a cool thing to me. Um, and uh, Richard just took it so uh, humbly, like just completely humbled but that this guy reached out to him and talked with him. Uh, and then when he found out who he was, he was like, oh, this isn't just another artist. This is like the artist. <laughs> um, so anyways, a uh, very sweet story about that as well. So um, without further ado, here's my conversation with Richard Reed. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Kameno Voice. Today, I'm here with the featured artist of the month for July of 2023. Welcome to the podcast, Richard Reed. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Richard. All right, well, I came from actually Grants Pass, Oregon. Okay. Uh, I did dabble with the artwork down a little bit in high school, but let's be honest, my only focus was getting out of high school, all right? <laughs> so we did stuff, you know, with the art community and, I, and the classes, but I noticed every class that I was taking, I had art in it, and I just, I don't know, I just loved the class, the way it was put together. She was very, uh, I'm going to call it self-expressionist. Uh, we would do stuff like, you know, for like record albums. I one did one called Thin Lizzy, which is a rock group from the 70s. And we did that, and I did an illustration on a, on a cloth, and we stained it and put the design Thin Lizzy on it, you know. And, and I went, oh, wow, that looks pretty good. And I'd never done art before then. I mean, I dabbled as a kid. I, when I was 11 years old, I drew a boat going out to sea, entered it in the, the uh, Josephine County Fair. That was the state we were in. And it got third place. I went, oh, wow, a wow. drawing. I went, okay. And I didn't think anything of it. I'm a kid. I want to play. Yep. So it wasn't until years later when I started to take it seriously, I came to Seattle to go to the Seattle Art Institute. Now, okay. you're talking about a kid from the country going to Seattle, big city. I'm going, whoa, culture shock. So I went down there. <laughs> I checked the school out, and it was good. I mean, it was, it was a, a visual communications program, four-year degree. Uh, so I didn't go that way. I pursued going to the community college because it was less expensive. Mm -hmm. So I started community college, and I turned into doing drafting. I was going to be a drafter for Boeing. Okay. And I did so well in that, someone suggested I go and get my four-year degree. But in the back, I was always doing the art, and I always wanted to go after that dream. So it wasn't until years later, I'm ramping it really quickly here, years later, I'm at work, and one of my coworkers said, you know what, your work's really good you should try getting into galleries. And I went, nah. And so I spent, this is right during COVID, I spent that whole winter just painting ferociously to get pictures out. And I had about 30 of them. I entered it into this gadget, uh, Stanwood Artist Guild. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, whoa, I got in, you know? Like, whoa. And so uh, they started having shows. I was entering into shows, and I was getting into every show. I'm going, 
oh my gosh, maybe there's something here. And so um, years later, um, we started doing um, the, I think it's called Art by the Bay. Yeah. Got in there, and I'm sitting there talking like we're doing here, talking away. All of a sudden, this elderly man comes up. <laughs> And I think he's a sweet guy, and his wife's with him. And you get a lot of people come through there. And you get into, this is who I am. I'm Richard Reed. I come from Grants Pass, Oregon. I've been doing the artwork off and on, and I decided to do this and make it more professional and see if I can do something with it. And he said, you really love, it's not out in the show right now, but it's a white iris. I sold that one last January, but he really loved that. And I go, well, you know, you should, uh, if you want, because I have these irises. It was 12 of them. Now there's... 48. I'm having to throw those out, and I usually use those for doing my pictures. I go, if you want some, I can give them to him. He goes, yeah, give me your phone number. And so he gave his phone number to me. He walked away, and I had no idea who this guy was. And the girls in the show say, well, this is John Ebner. I go, who's John Ebner? And well, he's a local artist in Communal Island, and his paintings sell along, you know, quite a bit, 17,000 pieces. He's been doing it for about 18 to 19 years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I went, okay, and so then John contacted me because I belong to the Communal Arts Association, and I brought a painting in, which was in last month's show, called uh, Adenia, which is basically what I'm understanding. The Greek terminology means lofty eagle. Okay. There was this lady in, uh, in Anacoras who had her boat for sale. I said, can I take the picture? So I took it, and I painted it and got into one of the shows, and people love it. And I went, really? Because I liked the fact that it had a flag on it, and it was a Fourth of July weekend, and it reflected on the, the back of the boat, which was just beautiful. With that and the water reflection, it just went, it snapped, yeah. what I call it. And I went, oh, okay. I'm going to put this out there. And sure enough, it got into a show. It was, in the, it was at the Art by the Bay, and people were loving it. So I brought it to the Communal Arts Association opening meeting, first time there. And John was there. And he go, it comes up to me and says, we need to go out to lunch and talk about your work, how we can help you market it. And I went, okay. And so ever since then, I've been listening to what the guy is saying. He's phenomenal. He gives me good pointers to help me grow within the art community up here because I'm being honest with you, new to the area, I don't know who's who. I yeah. came from actually from Grants Pass in the Salem, Oregon area, yeah. and the art community is different down there, and I knew who to talk to. Here it's like, oh, okay, and so I met these people on the Guild and with the CAA, and I'm just like, it's just phenomenal the support I get. I'm not kidding. So when you guys came and said, hey, we would like to use a feature artist for June, I went, Really? <laughs> Being honest, really? Okay, okay. And so I'm just touched that people see this stuff and they love what they're seeing because my whole intent is to get you to look at the picture and go, oh, that's beautiful. That reminds me of this. And I do that because I remember growing up as a kid, I'm flipping back to who I am. Uh, growing up as a kid, I just loved, I don't know who he is, Norman Rockwell. Yeah, yeah. His work was phenomenal for doing that detail and He's basically saying a statement in every picture he does. And what always got me was the Thanksgiving table because in our family it was like that. <laughs> but his work is just like, I want to get to that point, and I feel like I'm almost there. I'm always going to say that because as soon as I feel I'm there, I want to go try something different. And, like, for example, with the Splash show that we have out here, that mm -hmm. whale that I was talking about, yeah, that was me extending a new idea. I wanted to try a different approach. It's splash waves, and so I did what we call a wave effect with the tail coming into the water because the whale just jumped into the water, and it just flew off the paper, and I've gotten nothing but good response from it. Yeah, that's very cool. So you, you mentioned when you were growing up, you dabbled in art and stuff like that, but you didn't, you didn't personally partake a lot, but were there a lot of artists, and was the community there really strong? 
Now, in Oregon, it is. But I'm going to tell you, it's very diversified. We mm-hmm. have what's called contemporary art. And we have fine art. I'm more focused on the fine art because mm-hmm. I just love the way the work looks when I get done with it. And nothing against contemporary. There is some work here on the island done by other artists. I just love the, what they do, and I love the design. But I like to like, focus on the fine art. This is my skill set. Yeah. But I had artists in Oregon who, you know, they were doing exactly where I was at. But I, I say this with being humble. If you ever watched the movie Karate Kid where Daniel is like wax on, wax off. Yeah. <laughs> from 9-11 on, I spent a lot of time in the gallery doing a painting that is six feet by seven feet. It's my dream home. I wanted to see how big I could do because when I lived in Oregon, I would see these these banks with big old murals on the side of it. I'm going, how do they do that? <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm going to do this. I had an art booth in Oregon, and I'm going to try to go big. So I did this six by, this six by seven, I said. And so I, I had to break it down in two sections, but yeah. I got it done right before I moved up here to Washington into the communal island area. And it was beautiful, beautifully done. The house is my dream house. Yeah. And, of course, it's a portrait of a girl next to it. I wanted to see if I could do a portrait freehand. And I'm going to tell you, it took me six years. Wow. But by finished product, I was learning how to do the techniques. And I look at the work I was doing prior to what I'm doing now, and there was a jump in skill set. And I went, okay, so the wax on, wax off really works. (laughs) But uh, I had a lot of artists tell me, you need need to go bigger. You need to go bigger. All right, I'll try it. And then we moved up here because I'm now working at Boeing. Yeah. And so I got a lost connection with those folks down in Salem. But I'm going to strongly suggest listen to your peers because even if you're new to the area, the folks here been here a while, they know the market. And not that I'm trying to say I want to go out there and sell. I want to go out there and show and share this gift that's been given to me because clearly I'm at the point where I've wanted to be for seven years. And I want to share that with the folks. So when I'm gone, because we're all going to pass away, that I've gotten something there that people can see. Oh, I remember Richard Reed. Oh, or I remember John Ebner. You know, it's that's what I'm trying to do. I mean, if it sells, that's great. But I'm more focusing on, I want to share this with you guys. Because we just ended up finishing the studio tour. Yeah. And I'm not kidding you. How many people came to my booth and said, how did you do that? And one was particular was a blue Mustang. We had the, the classic car show in Stanwood last year. Yeah. And there was a kit there. It was a Mustang blue. And I went, oh, I love that. So I painted it. And uh, it just popped off the paper. And I got so many people, especially... You know, us guys who love cars, yeah. saying, oh, I love that. How much is that? And I almost had a guy buy it, and I'm glad he didn't because I don't want to sell it. <laughs> I want to keep it. It's one of those. It's like, no, 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 please. So I make it like $700. But um, <laughs> there's ones I, I'm just, I can't let go of it. But seeing that, people's eyes light up, it just touches my heart because that's what I'm really trying to do. Yeah. Very cool. So I want to dive into something because you mentioned it. Sure you're uh, uh, no, you're you're great. Um how would you define the difference between fine art and contemporary art? My approach and my way I look at it, fine art, if you look at it, if it's beautiful, it's real. Meaning, it looks like a picture. Okay. And I've seen that um, with other art associations that cause I, I subscribe to, like, American watercolor artists. And I see stuff out there, I'm going, and I have to zoom in on the picture with my iPad is that really a picture or is that watercolor? Is it really Memorex? <laughs> but uh, I go, that to me is fine art. Okay. okay. Contemporary art is, is example only is, uh, there's a picture that I seen last weekend. This guy did this beautiful picture. It looks like it's in the Netherlands. 
he has a big cow. It's distorted, distorted, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's, a, it's a Jersey cow for milking. And in the background, he has an abstract design of the mountain range. It's done in deep hue greens and reds and oranges because it's sunrise is coming up. That to me is contemporary art with expression behind it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've done those. I have some that I just don't show people because I don't know if my skill's there anymore. I'd have to redo it because that's like from 15 years ago so I can see the jump in skill set. But to me, that's that type of art. And if you ever get a chance, and I tell people this, go to the Seattle Art Museum. Just take a day and go down there. Because what blows me away is that you have contemporary artists, fine artists, and people from the 16th century, and wonder, I just wonder, how in the heck did they do so well with the pictures when all they had was candlelight? <laughs> or even the, in the, or natural weather, because I've tried painting in the natural weather, you know, and it's like, you're beating the odds with nature, and it affects your painting. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I define it. Okay. Very cool. Well, thank you. Um, it's always interesting for me talking with artists and figuring out, um, you know, definitions because it, in some ways, some of them are, it's art and not a science. And so how people define that is going to be a little bit different by everyone. Oh, totally. Totally. So, um, so then when you did get into, um, you know, you looked at the Seattle Art Institute, decided to go to community college, um, when you were doing art during that time period, were you just doing, what type of medium were you using? I was using watercolor and acrylic. And I love those two mediums because the fact of the transparency with watercolor. Now, a lot of people go, oh, watercolor is so difficult. And my approach is different. I'm really focusing on my drafting skills. When I do the work, I draw it up just like the picture that I want it to look like before I even start. So that's putting in all the detail to make it look like a, what I want it to look like an end product. Plus, it helps me stay within the lines, which sounds kind of funny, <laughs> but it does because there's shading techniques that go on within the structure, the, the, the form on the paper that you don't want to like mess it up. So I go from focusing on detail, and that's just how I paint. I love acrylic because of the hue colors. In all my paintings, when I painted, I always heard the same thing. How did you get those colors? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first graduated out of high school, I took one watercolor class. And I just just barely made it because the instructor was he's an expressionist and he didn't he focused say this way he focused more on the color hue colors and having those come out and I was painting pretty muddy it looked like black and gray because I just didn't know how to mix the colors uh-huh. and so I took a, a class from him and his advanced class and it was a jump in how I'm just gonna tell you it just jumped in how to use the colors I now what you see now you see it looks like red well it's actually Arizona crimson and I've added a little like a dark Payne's gray to get that that oomph in it yeah you know and so it, it's the technique in looking at it and going okay what does that color really look like because in every picture there are different shades of color and shapes it's not just one solid color and I focused on that so when I do my work I go from light to dark and that is the key thing because if you go dark you basically are hosed you got to start over yeah. But that's just the way it is. Yeah. But I learned that, you know, as I do that, it, the picture progressed in the way I wanted, and it came out, and it, it started doing what I wanted, specifically that car picture I was telling about. That I started from light blue on the frame of the car and just started going from light to dark as I got darker and getting my shades in, and I relied a lot on Payne's gray, which is basically a, a black, red, blue color. Yeah. 
Very cool. So then when you say watercolor and acrylic, do you mean you're blending those in each painting? Like you're doing both? Not so much. Okay. I'm, I'm altering between different styles. I have one picture I have yet to show anybody yet. It was done specifically in acrylic. I wanted to see if I could do acrylic. And it's a, it's a rhododendron. And it's, it's full scale. It's like, I want to say like 34 by 48. Wow. I got to get it framed. <laughs> I got to find a frame. I'm going to have to build it. But it was my first acrylic and the colors just snapped and came out pure like I wanted dark greens, the, the the nice beige colors within the white of the flower, and it's like, wow, I love acrylic, but I stayed away from it because I didn't know once your palette dries up, I thought, that's it, you can't use it. And then someone, one of the uh, people I'm in the community with said, well, you know, you can use alcohol to dilute that. I went, what? So I went, okay, I'm ready to go back and try some more acrylic, because I have acrylic paints at home. I just haven't been touching them because of that one factor. But I more likely like the color. That's what's drawing me. Yeah. Watercolor is transparency. I love it. I'm just like, that's my thing. And acrylic does the same thing, but it's it's hue colors and hues are like the natural colors in any material. It stands out. And I went, oh, I'm going to keep doing that. So my next project, I was just saying a little bit ago, was I'm going to do whales. It's going to be an acrylic. Nice. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going, man, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Very cool. And I, I think it's neat. Um, I'm sure for you guys, when you when an artist, when you guys are looking at new mediums, for you it's like, it's almost like not starting over, but it's like a whole new room is opened up. I cannot believe how you just hit it right on the nail. I'm serious. <laughs> I have a list of of because I collect photographs and go, oh, I'm going to try this. I just don't go do a photograph. I'll go, oh, I think I like that on that one. What if we put that together on this picture? Like example, that whale out there. Yeah. That whale actually is in a very dark blue background with a bunch of other whales. I didn't want to do that. I wanted this whale, because it just came into the water, to give the impression that it just jumped up to get air, and now it's coming back down, and there's that foam that comes from the tail. Yeah. It's done what we call with mask, and mask is a very good tool. If you have a lot of area you want to not get affected by painting, you put the mask down, do your work, come back remove the mask and put in your detail and that's how I got the, the bubbles and the wave in the okay. back of the tail I didn't know about that until a fellow artist shared that with me and I went well, where do you get that and, oh you can get it down at uh, like a Michaels or, or Ricks.com I went really so I went and tried it and I went whoa I love this and that was not the whale but another picture I did so I it was my first attempt doing waves and a reflection of a whale underneath the water because doing the, the roof of the ocean there is a reflection, kind of a, a, call it a glassy glaze, yeah. with all that water effect. I wanted to make sure I got it, so I had to use the mask also there. So it was my attempt at working outside the box. The same thing was going to happen with the next picture I'm doing. I had a friend come to the art booth during the tour. She shared with me that she'd been on the ship called the Zodiac, which is, I think, out of Billingham. Okay. And I went, really? And so she showed me the pictures go, oh. I love that. That's what I want because I don't only have one boat picture, and that was the one of the uh, one I was sharing about the flag. I need a series of boat pictures, and so I, I asked her, "Do you mind if you send me those pictures?" And I and I'll produce them and and share them with the community. And she goes, "Sure." And so she sent it to me, and so I got this one on the board right now. It's looking out out the forward of the boat, and of course there's the captain's quarters with the doors open, and they got the little midship craft boat for going to shore for supplies sitting on the deck and it's all cedar with the flag, the uh, waves full and the, and the old ropes and stuff tied down. I went that would be so cool to do that. So this one's going to be like 
30, I think it's 32 by 36 in size mm -hmm. after framing. I'm excited to get that one out because that's the one I'm going to try with, believe it or not, acrylic and mask because there's so much rope. I'm going to have to mask area out so I don't get it affected with the painting and then come back and finish it. But it's just taking those challenges, working outside the box and your, your limits to see what you can try differently. Kind of like that wax on, wax off. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, it's interesting. So I've, I've interviewed John Ebner on the podcast before, and he was mentioning he actually, because he's, a lot of his, his history has been with art, uh, or sorry, with watercolor. Um, but he also continues to try and push the limits of what is art and what can you do and what can you do within it. When we had the tour, <coughs> excuse me, I had not had a chance. I told him I was going to stop by and, and see his house. So I just, to be honest, I hadn't had time. Yeah. And so the last day of the tour, I stopped by, and on the way upstairs to his house, he has, I'm not going to guess on the dimensions, it's, it's a, gosh, I'm saying that right, but it is a rhododendron, rhododendron, sorry, dahlia, done in red, in orange, in hue colors. It's a contemporary art. And I went, I love that, because I do have a rhodo, uh, dahlia in red, but it's not full scale like his, but just... The work that he does, I mean, I love the way he has the colors. And I think that's what's drawn me, is that now that I'm able to get hold of the way I want the colors to look in the painting, and I'm looking at his stuff, and I'm going, I really love the way he's done that. And and you can never, I'm gonna, I should say this, do never, never do this. Never compare your artwork to anybody else's. Because mm. everybody else is on a different style. I mean, I've seen some very good work that is very detailed, and I go, oh, I wish I could do that, but... My style is just, I want to bring out the colors, but with John's, I just, I don't know what it is. I look at it, and I think of the Pacific Northwest. Right, yes. I grew up in Astoria yeah. before I moved to Seattle. Okay, place. yeah. And, yeah, it rains there night a lot. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is that when the fog comes in off of the coast, it's yeah. just beautiful. And I spent a lot of time going down to Seaside and Cannon Beach. And so when I looked at his pictures, I went, oh, I'm homesick. But <laughs> the, the fact that he's got the colors down so Vividly beautiful. I'm like, I love that style of work. And when I seen his house and the work he had there, I went, John, you could do really good work. And he was just touched that I came by. I mean, I, I'm glad he let me come in. But, <laughs> uh, to have him give me input. I mean, I, it's hard coming from, hey, I don't know who to contact. Is my work any good? You know, I rely on, the, I really, I really realize I need to ask more questions from other artists. And actually listen to the, the people and, and what they say about my work to get an understanding of how it is, how can I say this, how it is making people feel. And that's my goal is, is I want it to move them. I don't want them to have them look at it and go, oh, that looks like a commercial ad. That's not my intent. My intent is to make them think of a moment in time that makes them think, oh, I remember that. I remember growing up and being on a boat, going fishing with my dad, that type of stuff. So it, it leaves a lasting impression after I left the earth, of course. Yeah. Yeah, well, very cool. And and that is, um, like, with John, he was talking about how he actually will sometimes blend acrylic and watercolor in his paintings. No, I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, so... so that might be an idea. I would be really open to trying that on this next picture. Yeah. I didn't know you can do that. I mean, I did one time. I'm not going to show it. <laughs> <laughs> From... Uh, in high school, it was a dragon because you know we were all nice. dunks and dragons, and I painted it in watercolor. And don't get me wrong, it, it looks good, all right. But I thought I'm gonna try felt tip to get in some of the 
fine point. So I went and bought a set of felt tip pins, and I went, okay, that didn't work. <laughs> so, so I went, okay, well, I'm going to keep it because it does look like cartoonish, but it, it did the purpose. I mean, I got the shading and the wings and stuff, and I went, oh, wow, cool. You know, so I keep that along with another painting, my very first painting, as a reference point of how far I've come because I can see over the course of years my skill changing. Yeah. And even with the paintings I'm doing now, but I'm definitely going to try. Now, you said he tried it. I want to see what it looks like. I would li- that I want to copy him. I want to see what it looks like yeah. because if the cue colors that come out in acrylic apply to the with the watercolor, yeah, dude, that's gonna look awesome. Yeah, no. So he's he's done all sorts of stuff. So I would definitely ask. You should ask him about that because I'm. I will. Sh- I he will. loves diving into all of the stuff that he's tried. He's also blended digital art with uh, watercolors and stuff like that as well. All right, I'm. You got my curiosity. I am definitely gonna get home and ask him that question because I did not know that because I thought I'd seen other work where people had done that I went well I wonder how they do that uh, I'm not doing that I'm doing fine art but yes definitely thank you for sharing that yeah no he's he's always willing to try something new and and, and even like the tiles that he sells downstairs was a big step in like well can I transfer my art into these tiles and then they're, they're they have a little more gloss and they're a little bit you know they're not just a painting they're I've more than that, that. I, I, and uh, I do have some prints in so I, I not trying to jump ahead, but I, ha- I uh, had a friend in the guild suggest you thought about maybe trying to get into the shack in Everett. I went, oh, what? So I went and checked it out. And sure enough, the show was closed, but they had fresh paint. And now I like to think outside the box and try new things. Because if you don't try it, you're going to be regretting it when you get old. And so I have pictures of my art booth, and I had some of these pictures we have here, and I submitted it to the shack's website and... Uh, I think, oh, I'll, I'll put it in there. If they get accepted, I get accepted. If they don't, that's okay. Got accepted. I went, okay. I better get my booth up and running. <laughs> <laughs> so in August, August, yeah, August, I'm going to be selling all my work down there along with the whale. And if I can get that acrylic watercolor painting done, I would like to share that and see what people think. But it's just, think outside the box. I mean, if don't let your fears stop you Mm -hmm. because really there is nothing to be afraid of I've learned that with this art I've learned about that working at Boeing that and I say that because I work with engineers and we are very opinionated (laughs) I'm gonna be honest no this is the way it needs to be but if you can work with those type people you can work with anybody I mean I've had people come to me and say I just don't like that and they're entitled to their opinion that's what art is about is self-expression yeah. And so I go, okay, and I take their, their input, and I go, well, maybe they're right. Maybe they have a good point there. And I look at it, and I go, okay, I'm going to make that change. Or I'll go, I don't really agree with that. I think based upon what other people are saying, the mass community, that maybe I should continue to do this type of style. And yeah. I'll go with it. But I don't throw any idea out. I'll definitely go chase down what you just told me. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's always there's always opportunity to try new things and... and um, I, I feel like a lot of times when it comes to art and things like that, the fear is not so much like what will I what will it look like and stuff like that. It's the fear of how will people react, how what will people think, and if there are barriers in place where they're like, well, watercolor has to be watercolor and acrylic has to be acrylic and oil, you know, then then yeah. when you do something, the the quote unquote true artist will say, well, I don't know if that's real art because you you're blending these things. Um, but I willing to, to stretch that is, is I cool. hear that. And I do. I mean, I had one person once say, well, how do you determine how much you're going to charge for a painting? And I told him, I go, it's, it's, you know, hours put in, it takes me 
for uh, 32 by 36, it takes me a week to do. Wow. Now, I draw fast and I paint fast because that's when my mindset. But uh, it goes, and so I go, it's like four hours in the evening during the week and then full time on the weekend, eight hours. And I can get one out and I go, it's based upon that. And so that and the material, the material costs so much to purchase. And since I don't have a framing shop, I send it out to Michaels to get done, which by the way, they do a phenomenal job. They're the ones that are in um, Mount Vernon. I take it in there and I go, man, I really need this done. Can I do a rush order? And the girls will break down and put it out. Every time, just like with the prints that I just had done this week, they said today they would be done. They called me yesterday and said, oh, the work's done. You want to come get your frames? Really? <laughs> so I went and got my frames. I'm just totally happy and impressed with them. And I, all I can say that's why I'm putting out in this podcast. They do good work. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Very cool. Well, no, that, and that's great. And I love um, that you're willing to try and, and do all these different things. And, um, yeah, and I, I, I think... You know, when you look at people like John Ebner, who, if you look at their career, has been very successful as an artist, um, very well known, um, but still willing to try. Like he's he still has that young spirit of, well, what if we did this? What if we tried this? Um, and also, just as a human being, fantastic human being. When you talk he's with very him, very down earth. I would, and I'm just saying, I'm very touched that he took the time out of all those people coming through to come talk to me because his eyes focused on the iris picture and another uh, picture I haven't mentioned was orange tulips now this is a set of orange tulips that I thought was average okay I thought oh yeah they're good we bought them from the is it Rosengard Gardens yeah that right Rosengard yeah Rosengard uh, in the package and we plant them around our house and so every April all these varieties come up and these came up and I went oh I love that orange and I think they call I thought they said peony pansy peony princess was the name of the flower species but uh, I painted it with intent. I wanted to see if I could do orange tulips. And I love the red stripes because there are red stripes come up. Yeah, the side of it. I went, yeah. Okay, I haven't done red before. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> and so I did it, and I thought it was average. All right, I'm going to be honest. I'm my worst critic because I look at my work and I say, oh, there's still stuff missing. Uh, people loved it. He's seen it. Uh, the people in the guild seen it. And the CAA has it on one of the... Because they asked. Everybody asked, can we use your picture? And I said, yes. The CA has it on some of their work at the, the Community Arts Association. Yeah. And I'm like, sure, go right ahead. That's the whole intent. I want to share it with the world. So I tell people, if you see my stuff, share it with other folks. I want them to be moved by it. That's the whole reason why I'm saying share it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think, in my eyes, it, it was average. But uh, my focus was on, on irises. I love the irises. But then all of a sudden, after I did that painting, I went, wow, there's a whole bunch of different species out there I should try. And he, meaning John Ebner, seen it when he came to my booth, and we talked a lot about that. And, you know, you know, you, when you, I should have clued in when he said I'd been doing this for 15 to 18 years. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't figure that part out. <laughs> well, I, because I just had people come up, you know, and they say, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I, and I, oh, okay, okay. So, and his wife was very sweet, and he was just, I don't know, he's just down to earth. Yeah. All right, and I don't see that too to that rudely I don't see that too often sometimes where I work and uh, in the art community it is like that yeah and the fact that he took time going through these aisles these booths and that stood out I just I was touched the fact that he did that and he was a senior citizen that they took the time because I feel this in my heart you know I'm not far off I'm getting up there I'm 60 that I'm going to be a senior citizen and 
we need to listen to these folks because they've had a journey. There's a there's a lady in the CAA named Dottie, and I did some time with her while I was uh, supporting the Glassworks project here, and uh, we did a lot of talking and, and her history about where she's from and her work. She is contemporary art, and I love it. Her colors are vivid. I, I, she thinks maybe not, but I think yes. But <laughs> she had a history. She's retired, and you could, these folks are just beautiful. Listen to their history because, you know, once they're gone, it's gone. Yeah. Anyway, I'm preaching, sorry. No, that's great. Well, very cool. So tell us about the pieces that you're going to be bringing to the lot during your featured month. So these pieces I'm bringing are going to be ones that I've shown in the tour plus a couple others that weren't because they weren't in other shows. I tried to focus on a variety of paintings that was, you know, diversified, one being the car picture. Um, nice. The other is some florals, which no one has seen yet. One is, um, I call it, two, actually two of them, um, morning daylight, afternoon delight. <laughs> These are um, tulips of different species that just blew me away, the colors in them. That's why I said my eyes were opened up, now I can see <laughs> uh, different species that I just didn't think were out there. I thought tulips were either red, white, or blue, one flavor, and I was wrong. <laughs> uh, I looked at them and went, whoa. And so I started painting like six of those guys and got them out for the tulip festival. And I even, thinking outside the box, some people suggested that I get prints done because that's one of the things I'm lacking right now and I'm working on that and also to do cups people love collecting cups and I went really and so I did you're going to see them is uh, uh, orange and, and red tulip and another one that's more uh, they call it parrot parrot uh, tulip and the reason I liked it because it was burgundy and the, the pedestals on them kind of flare up like they're uh, I'm going to try that and people loved it so I'm going to bring those into the to the to the show here. Yeah. Along with a couple of the car pictures, and uh, see where it goes. I mean, I would love people to stop by, take a look at it, and tell me what they think, what they don't like, and what they do like. Because I really want to hear it. Because I am like what you're just talking about. I want to redesign, rethink what people think fine art is, and how to make it look more real. Because like I say, it isn't real. It's not beautiful. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm really excited to see the, the art show that you're bringing. Um, and if, for those listening, if you guys are coming between the um, in July of 2023 uh, through the first three weeks of July, be sure to come and check out the show. That's going to be upstairs in the loft here at the Marketplace. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. So the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months? You're going to laugh. It's going to be the prints. Uh, I had struggled with finding a good place to buy prints. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit more than $100. But uh, the end product was like, oh, that looks just like the photograph. Well, that looks just like the picture. Yeah. And so I purchased them with the intent of that. And I'm going back to them again for the next set for the Paint Fresh show. Yeah. And getting those done because I want to share that with the people because I'm trying to keep as real as possible to the originals so that they can't afford an original for $375. They can afford one for 50 bucks. Yeah. Very cool. Um, who is the most influential person outside of your family in your life? Honestly, it's going to be a lady named Anita Hopper. She is an artist. 
uh, I ran across her stuff in the, uh, the uh, watercolor magazine I subscribed to a long time ago when I lived in Oregon. Uh, she did florals, rhododendrons to be precise, and she had captured the florals and the, they call them the leaves, with such beautiful clarity and clearness. I went, that's how I want to paint florals. So when you see the florals, that's what I'm trying to reach, that style yeah. of painting. Not like hers, but my style with the colors coming out. And I think I've captured that with the red, I mean, the orange tulips. Not by just trying, but just by chance. Yeah. So I'd like to see if I could recreate that with new ones. And I think I did capture that pretty good with the tulips I'm going to share in the upcoming show. So I'm excited to see what people are going to say. Yeah, very cool. Um, all right, this is a fill-in-the-blank question. I know this is weird, but I've always wanted to blank. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Hawaii and paint in real life a scene there. Oh, very cool. I'm thinking more like the Kalamazoo uh, Culture Center. Yeah. When I went there for a graduation a long time ago, that was one of the tours we went on. I'm not kidding you. Just the structures, the Japanese structures and the flowers that were in bloom. Now I'm a, you know, 18 year old kid, but I was, I just, I'm moved by it. Uh, just the work it takes to keep that up, knowing because yep. I have a garden at home. <laughs> that is what I would like to do because it is a struggle to paint in real life, and I want to be able to learn how to do it because they have like pin air with the Northwest Wildlife Society. Yeah. I don't go do it because I'm going, oh, great, I got to go paint out in the environment, <laughs> you know, but I'd like to see if I can do it. Yeah, very cool. Um, who is an interesting or fascinating person that I should interview next? He's not an artist. Kurt Russell. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. And lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self? <clears throat> I'm a fond follower of Matthew McConaughey. Do you know who he is? Uh-uh. He played in movies like uh, We Are Marshall. Uh, he played in a really silly movie called Days and Confused. And it's funny I'm, I'm mentioning this guy because he has a, a website. He talks about being real with yourself and true to your dreams. He starred in um, Days and Confused. That was his first acting job. He got $300 to do one scene. And then they liked him so well they kept bringing him back. And he thought, well, I'm pretty good at this. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and he mentioned people like Desnos Washington who was going to be, go to school to be a... Uh, believe it or not, a doctor, and he flunked the university, flunked out, and the, he took time off and to figure out what he wanted, and he was in his local church doing youth camp, and one of the, the people there said, you know, you should really seriously think about going to acting. And he's like, really? And so years later, fast forward, both these guys are actors, not that I'm going to be an actor, but they went after their dreams because both actors didn't think they could act. Yeah, and so the and these the thing that I learned about Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, is that you need to believe in yourself. Go after your fears, and and uh, as you call it, your demons, because they're not real. Yeah. All right. I could have sat here and didn't listen to anybody and never tried to go and do an art booth and try to get out there in the community, but I did because I was drawn to it and I had this feeling this is what I was supposed to go do. So I'm going to say if I'm a 20 year old kid in high school. Go after your dream. If you're good at something and you have a passion and love for it, do it. Because everybody told me, don't go work for Boeing because aerospace is up and down. I did it anyway. And I only gotten laid off once. I'm sorry, twice. And this is the third time back. And I've been there now 
gosh, going on 19 years. Wow. So if you're good at something, you will find something you love, and it won't be work. And that's what I tell people. Go, I go to work, and I do the art. It's not a job. It's a passion and a love, and I don't mind doing it. And it's just not enough time in the day to, to do it because I want to do stuff in both and be fulfilled. And when I do the art and do the painting or do it, whatever it may be that's rated to art, I love it. I am not bored. It's just how I, it's all I can say is don't be afraid. Do not listen to this, the down self-talk. If you're good at something, whatever you do, it's going to work. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Richard Reed for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. Just a reminder, we will have a a short hiatus from the podcast just due to uh, scheduling and camping, which I'm very excited about. Um, But uh, thank you guys for listening today. For any information on the episode from today, check out the show notes. And with that, I will talk to you guys on